Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular, the online client MTG Arena. Mm, and we have a set to talk about this week. No, it's not the one coming up, but it's the one we've just been playing. It's the Lost Caverns of Ixalan Happy Hour, which we will get to in just a moment. But first, each week we bring a beer, we drink it, and we rate it on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the Tears in Arena. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. This week we have Each Beast a God. Oh. This is... Uh... A double stout with Ethiopian washed gory geisha coffee. Um, it's eight and a half percent. And uh, it's from Third Moon. So we've had them before. They tend to do weird things. This is one of the like least weird beers we've had by them. Mm -hmm. It's just a coffee stout. Um, so I'm excited to because I can't remember if we actually tried anything from them that was just normal or if everything was like they threw pumpkin pie into right into the whatever. <laughs> I think it's all weird. Yeah, we had yeah. the pumpkin pie one. They also did one that was a um, like peanut butter and jelly banana thing. Oh, right. Um, that one. Yeah. So that was like a pastry set or something. So they've all been super weird. And this brewery is known for doing weird things where they literally yeah. throw in the, the actual dessert if it's a tiramisu beer they they put a tiramisu in, right and you know that because they they show you on their instagram stories so um but they're uh they seem like really cool dudes and they love oh, it just like seems this. like they're just having a blast over there like what yeah, if we they, made an awesome tiramisu and then just chucked it, chuck it, it in. into the winter yeah i don't even <laughs> think that they make the tiramisu to be fair but um <laughs> Uh, and they wouldn't say that either, I know. But uh, they do love death metal music and that imagery. So you can obviously see the yeah, that's beast very that's clear. a god. And very if you, clear in there. If you go there, I think they're in Milton, Ontario. And they're just blasting like death metal music. So um, very metal, very call time. They're just uh, doing their thing. They're doing their thing. This is what yeah, they like. This is great. This is what they did. All right, here we go, Jeff. That's correct. He's open. Two, one. Huh. Oh, baby. We haven't had a stout in a while, and it's pretty cold outside, so it's nice to to get one of these going just black. Double coffee stout. Uh, but anyway, with that, we have some magic news. Nothing really uh, happening. We're just waiting for murders uh, at Karlov Manor to, to start. Um, the actual set comes onto Arena like February 6th. However, spoilers start this upcoming Tuesday, January 16th. So yep. we're going to do our happy hour for Lost Caverns of Ixalan, kind of give it a wave goodbye before we start seeing cards for the new set. But yeah, with that, Jeff, what what is a happy hour? What are we doing here? What are what are these about? All right. So happy hour shows when we take some time to look back on the most recent set uh, right before the next set comes out, as you alluded to. So what did we like? What didn't we like? Was it a mm -hmm. good set, bad set, medium set? How did the impact limited standard? Basically just whatever we want, but most importantly, we hold ourselves accountable. At the start of each set, we make some predictions about some cards that uh, will see some play, and some cards that won't see some play. We call them our worth a slots. And here we get to look back and see how badly did we fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, no spoilers for that yet, but we will get to that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, we just uh, we want to say thank you so much 
Lost Caverns of Ixalan. And just a last little, you know, reminder of how awesome it was in any way that every set has some sort of little nugget that's great about it. And we want to be able yeah, to find yeah. those things because sometimes people like to smear on, oh, that was terrible. Everything about that was terrible. When there's actually some great things, even if it's just like the art direction, honestly. Yeah, the good stuff can get lost in the, uh, you know, in the toxic wasteland yeah. that sometimes some of these communities can yeah. turn into. It's like stuff. magic Twitter and Reddit can be pretty uh, lethal. So yeah. anyway, let's get into it. Uh, Jeff, what'd you think about this set? What were your... Uh, Kind of, did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed them? What were you doing? What was the most fun? I, yeah, all over the place. This set was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I think the limited format was fairly fun. I didn't play a ton of it. I don't really know what the sort of consent, the community consensus on it was, but I enjoyed the time that I did spend on it. Mm -hmm. um, but man, this set had a lot of awesome cards for constructed. So. <laughs> It's so weird. It like impacted pretty much every single format, I think, in some yeah. way. Um, and then some formats like standard, it's just chock full of new cards, but none of it, nothing like spawned a brand new archetype. I don't think it just mm -hmm. allowed like variations on what people were playing before to come out. You know, in Esper kind of split into Esper, Blue Black, and Blue White are all mm -hmm. totally viable mid-range decks now because of some of these uh some of these lost caverns cards it's just like it didn't impact it in the way that a lot of powerful constructed sets do where they just take over and now all the new decks are whatever you know they're like Kaldheim style where it's like you're playing goldspan or you're playing uh all runs epiphany all runs epiphany and that's like those are the decks mm -hmm. this was so different because it's just like it just added powerful cards like pretty much every deck has Everywhere. a, a yeah. card from this format in it or from this set in it. So um, it just like boosted a lot of sort of periphery options in the uh, metagame so mm -hmm. that it's just a lot more diverse now. Yeah, I think that's great. We actually, you know, we're kind of talking about it right now. So we might as well go through kind of a list of the cards that like broke in that were yeah. from this set. This is just like a, a rudimentary list that I kind of put together. So if... Jeff, you have any cards, please throw them out. But like Spyglass Siren, that's been all over standard. Yep. Bitter Triumph is a card people were yelling about that they couldn't find copies of for different standard and pioneer events. Um yeah, I'm going through that now. I literally cannot um, find like a paper copy. Has that card. Yeah. <laughs> um Deep Cavern Bat, uh Geological Appraiser Guy. Deep Cavern Bat is everywhere now. <laughs> yeah. All over the place. Um Geological, uh, I said explorer, but it's geological appraiser. Appraiser, yeah. Um, that card got banned in Pioneer. Um, right, forgot about that. Yeah, so that was the whole thing. It spawned a whole. That was the deck that got spawned. Was that discover yeah. deck? Yeah. And we got a card banned. <laughs> and in standard two, Rakdos Discover is a deck that right. I guess did not exist before. Yeah. FCI, obviously, because Discover is yeah mechanic uh get lost is a new white removal spell people are using um yeah, it shouldn't be it's bad but it's, okay. it is pretty bad but people do play it a lot and i yeah. tend to kind of like it because map tokens are actually pretty good um oh yeah i love when they get lost my creature it's like yeah three for one you sure oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> um 
you get uh, Warden of the Inner Sky. Pick which, one. Pick one. Yep, that's that's a good one. Um, Malcolm, alluring scoundrel, which is nice. More flash, uh, blue flash threats, which helps spawn like uh, they play it in like the blue white deck, and they play it into beer and different things like that. It's kind of like extra yep. masterminds. Yeah, I really like the Demir. You know, speaking of this card and the next one, the Demir. Uh, what do you call it? Like mid range deck, I guess. It's kind of a yeah. tempo y game plan mm -hmm. in standard. I really like that deck. Um, and that wasn't really a thing before Lost Caverns. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Subterranean Schooner. That's this is probably one of the biggest ones. You see this yeah. this card everywhere, and I don't know what specific. So it's like the vehicle, the blue vehicle that like explores the three four, but. I want to give it like a pet name, you know. Yeah. We had like the yeah, Cadillac, yeah, yeah. you know, with Cadillac, the yeah. um, and Looter uh, Scooter for uh... Looter Scooter. You have like, um, was it Skyship uh, Council Skyship or whatever? His boat, you it's know, the boat playing yeah. boats. It's the classic. Love that one. So people call this boat, and I don't want to call it boat because we already have there's a card boat, that's called boats boat. already taken. Yeah, yeah. So is ship and there's like, a lot of boats in this set <laughs> there are a lot of boats but like you, you know no one's playing the galleon and no one's you know that doesn't really matter um but like is ship weird or is it like do we call it the tugboat is it smaller <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i kind of like that that's funny um it's not bad i'm still working on names for the the schooner but um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> is it shooter i always called it a schooner like maybe it is I a schooner know. but <clears throat> we should actually i don't actually have no idea whether it's actually pronounced schooner or schooner but the reason i call it schooner is because you should deal with it schooner rather than later that tends to be the reason why i say that I love so that. i don't actually know how you're supposed to pronounce it but schooner does sound like a boat thing um so when i was in undergrad all the bars that were around like the university I went to had yeah. scooters, which are one liter of beer. And so you would oh. buy like a scooter. It's a big ass mug, like basically little more than two pints for those of yeah. us. For those of you that don't know what a liter is, um, it's like just, just over. It's an algae. I, I don't know if that was um, a normal thing or that's just what we called them, but that's what I always call them now. I don't think anyone called it that in Toronto. So I'd order a scooter and they'd be like, what are you talking about? Like a oh, sailboat? It's, it's just like a, a, a Queens, <laughs> Queens thing. Okay, so it's definitely I'm scooter. not sure, but it's, uh, it's, 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 we called them schooners. At, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's pronounced schooner. I looked it up. Um. <laughs> but Queens is a big sail, like Kingston, where Queens is, is a big sailing community. So I don't know yeah. if it's related why they called they were called schooners there. Because it, it's like a port or whatever up there, right? So yeah. Like, yeah, like all the big uh, sailing races, I think, usually. That's the biggest one of the year, I think. It's the one in Kingston. In Lake Ontario, Kingston is like right by the Rideau Canal, which is how yeah. you got ships in and out from the Atlantic. So, Rideau. Um, yeah. Rideau. Well, I can't. Obviously, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> words that deal with boats, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Usually... Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Let's keep going with, with cards from the set. And don't let's not sit on the thing that Zach doesn't know how to read. Um, yeah. <laughs> because we, we hit that hard most of the time. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> Creature of the schism. <laughs> Is this schism? 
yeah yeah preacher of the schism right okay don't don't do that because i will say schism forever because <laughs> i don't i don't trust myself um <laughs> anyway preacher of the schism this card uh okay lots of it, people really like this card i so i think i'm starting to come around on it but i'm not super high on this card anytime my opponent plays it i'm always like all right and anytime and i never really put it in my black base mid-range decks people are playing this in like rakdos in explorer pioneer i think that's yeah. crazy yeah it's but you know the people by when i say people i mean like you know gabriel nasif and stuff so i For feel sure. like i can't i can't just call them idiots because they're much better than me but... yeah i just think that like it's not my I it doesn't seem that good. I don't know. It doesn't seem that good, but it ends up being really annoying. I think that's what happens with me. It's one of those things that's like okay in every situation. Mm -hmm. It's never super amazing. Like I think you have the dream that it's just going to run away with the game and draw you cards every turn and stuff. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that happen. Um, it ends up being this thing. The four toughness, just, I guess, is kind of annoying. The, it's the four toughness. Death touch, four toughness ends up being really irritating. And it, it just kind of like... Not yeah. that it's like the worst that it's like sitting there, but like it ends up being much more annoying. And if they get to draw a card off of it or anything, I'm just like, oh, God. My deck's just like all edicts, I guess. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. Sack, sack Wait, that, please. But it makes a token, though. So. Well, I'm not going to let them do that. <laughs> the edict is coming right away when you tap out for this three drop. Yeah, see, and my deck is just like all three ones. And it's like, well, what's this two, four? What the? F I can't trade with this. <laughs> it's pretty good to hit off Appraiser in that Rakdos deck, I guess. Yes. But. I also don't think the appraiser's particularly good when you're playing it fair. Like, mm -hmm. it was obviously stupid in that combo deck. That when you're, you just yeah, play, a, play an appraiser and you win, but... Yes, that's yeah. obviously a lot better than what this deck is doing. But the appraiser deck is a lot of just, like... Um, one of the other cards that we're about to say, trumpeting Carnosaur into appraiser, into whatever, yeah. um, is... I just never seem to lose to that deck. I don't know. Those, those cards just... Like, I guess the appraiser it's a three two plus a random card mm -hmm. it's like the three two is just random. so crappy by today's standards like just a three two for four for four yeah that's true but i never really care that it's like and you, you have so much removal in your deck that sometimes i just don't have a creature and you can't cast your geological appraiser because you're gonna hit a removal spell and sure it's just gonna be a three two for four I don't know. I haven't been impressed by that deck. Uh, but I still get I've to seen... draw the removal spell because they they did fix uh, they fixed Cascade with. This oh thing. yeah, yeah, that's fair. I forgot about that. But still, like, yeah, it just I doesn't don't... seem. I've ne I've never been impressed with this deck, but I've seen a lot of online stuff about how it's tier one. Oh, oh what? No, 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 no. I don't think yeah, it's tier people... one. No, 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 no. People claim that this deck is tier one up there. Like no. the tier one that I've seen is domain. As for mid range and this, and I'm like, what? No. I had that deck at like tier three. <laughs> I no. think that deck's bad. The other two, yes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. This, yeah, the other domain for sure is the best deck in the format. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and I... some version of black, blue, and white mid range is is up there as it's... well. Yeah, which whichever if if it's Esper, maybe it's Esper. I personally like blue black, but I just kind of like it. I don't know if it's. If I would argue it's the strongest, I just like it I, the best. I think I just hate playing against Rafine, so I usually think it's that one, because I'm like, oh, Rafine, Yeah, man. that's fair. But like, maybe you just don't get enough. Like, the mana isn't bad enough that you get. Punish. It's worth it to, to cut the color. 
Well, obviously, the domain deck's the best, so the mana's great in the format. That's right, so. yeah. Just, just colors doesn't fucking matter. You doesn't can play whatever matter. you want. What is this, three-year standard? Oh, right. Yeah, just do whatever. <laughs> um, the uh, the next card, uh, Inti, Seneschal of the Sun. My favorite card in the whole set. Yeah. I really wish I had put this as my, like, somewhere in my worth a slot I, mm -hmm. I don't know how i missed it to be honest i this is my type of card right here yeah you might notice that we haven't mentioned any of our worth of slots yet because we <laughs> you know we might be a little bit maybe, behind maybe oh, didn't nail it maybe didn't nail it on this one this there's so was, many good cards in this set and we picked there like, were but also this set was like a big a bit of a sleeper i think some of the cards feel like they they fit in, in just little crevices. It feels like there was kind of like a sidewalk that had some holes and they just kind of like fell into them and like made sure. it stronger. Yeah. And it's difficult to sometimes find specifically the like great card for whatever. Also, sometimes they're all over the place. Like we could have easily said that Geological Brazer would be worth putting your deck in Explorer, yeah, yeah. but we don't really talk about that. So um, for sure. Right. Um, Inti, love this card. The more that you play with this card, I think the more you realize how freaking good it is. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's I think what it the, is. the thing that that doesn't like fly off the card immediately is mm -hmm. it's until your next end step. So any discard effects your opponents make you do mm -hmm. basically are nullified by you getting to draw a card. Um, or you can just discard cards, you know, blood token the most common way on your opponent's turn. And it turns a blood token into like a discard one drop two, mm -hmm. which is pretty nuts. Um, and then there's just random like channel lands. You actually discard them in order to cat to get the effect. And so yeah, this triggers this. And of course it's legendary, so it makes your channel lands cheaper. Mm -hmm. Like there are just so many things that add up with this card and like the giving trample really matters and the mm -hmm. distributing plus one plus one counters matters yeah. and it's just like the more i play with this the more i'm like it's ridiculous that this card's a two drop to be honest like, this is it's and... not necessarily a two drop you want on turn two because you kind of want to play it and generate advantage immediately mm -hmm. um if you have a one drop then yeah you... but even then like you can't cast the card that you draw off that's true yeah, yeah or, or true. play the land if you right so mm -hmm. i tend to like i would play any other Wait. two drop before this and then what i love is turn three liliana turn four this plus lily plus what and attack with something and like you just play just something pop off yeah that does sound good um if you haven't been in our discord before uh come check us out the link's down below but uh jeff has a great deck with this card i've tried to play it on stream i would say it this card does need a lot of reps to get it under your belt yeah and i did it's not surprisingly do... tricky yes but it's very powerful and you can feel it when you're playing the deck but i think you do need to know what you're doing and i did not when i was playing it on stream so um but I think that Jeff has a great version of it. So if you're interested in this card at all, come come check it out and, and steal it. Steal that deck list. I'd be like, I was like, oh, you got to attack a Newman now. You have to attack a mm -hmm. Newman now. Don't let the NT die. Attack a yeah. Newman now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that's that's the unintuitive thing, I think, that the channel lands trigger the NT. That's a big one. There's a couple, there's a few things that are yeah. not intuitive about that deck. But once you start playing with it, holy moly, is NT like so strong. So. And Super I've considered putting Trumpeting Carnosaur in there too, because Trumpeting Carnosaur is a discard, the deal three. That's true. 
but it's a little expensive. So it's unlike like it's gonna be a tough. You'll have to have a lot of mana to you also something and cast whatever you hit off the NT. And Carnosaur is pretty bad because if you have if you exile it with NT, you can't play it. You can't cast it exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so probably not the best, actually. But there's a, a, a lot of random stuff that is discard, and you're like, ooh, this is pretty good with Inti. Yeah. But my favorite is when my opponent... I've had people side in, like Duress and Liliana and stuff. I'm just like, oh, well, I have an Inti on the battlefield. So, so. you realize that Duress is, like, really terrible. <laughs> I am fine with that happening. Yeah, it's very, very cool card. Really, really great. Um, sad we'll never see another NT. Actually, no, that's not true. We might see another NT. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't listened to our sober Vorthos for this. Um, he did. He did. He died. Yeah. But we know that his, like, what was it? His soul or something was in his, like, sword or his, like, strap or something? I can't remember. Oh, right. Yeah, he's a sword now. Yeah, it's something like, like that. yeah, his soul is in, like, a sword that was given to um, Waita. So, right. anyway. Uh, also, out... I was going to say, this card um, has wiggled its way into Pioneer. Uh, oh. I think the modern version, with the unbanning of Looter Scooter, which is oh, actually shit. called Smuggler's Copter, mm-hmm. the, the the new version of Rakdos Midrange that's been making waves is like Inti Smuggler's Copter builds. Right. Because that's that's nuts. <laughs> that is Looter nuts. Scooter is like draw two, discard one. And it crews it, and it puts counters on it. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Oh, that sounds awful. All right, <laughs> fantastic. And so the Rakdos midrange decks are now a little lower to the ground, and they play this like NT. Basically, they'll be able to find whatever card they need at any point because they just have they've ripped through their library like so Nothing. well, and then they're discarding Croxos, right? So it's like, mm. yeah, it's uh, it's quite the deck. It, I, That's... it makes me just be like. Just give me the thing in Explorer, please. For the love oh, of God, yeah. I want to play this deck. Well, because, yeah, that's one big thing that happened with this set is that, I mean, like, it wasn't about Lost Caverns of Ixalan, but it was during this time that Looter Scooter was unbanned during the Geological yeah. Brazer banning. But that card is not on Arena for reasons? Yeah. <laughs> they, there's other banned cards that they didn't put on Arena when sets came in. Just put it on. I don't know. Like, how much time are you saving, right? Like, how hard would it be to code this card? It cannot be difficult. No, it, ca- it cannot be difficult. Yeah. So you have everything you need here, right? It's a yeah. It's a vehicle. It's a vehicle, and it loots. It doesn't do anything unique or crazy. Ah, uh, but it has flying, Jeff. That that is. Oh, really I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When once flying comes to arena, then they'll. Yeah, yeah. Once once they could uh once they could do that. Anyway, um, ridiculous. Uh. I think that's so egregious, the fact that they can't just like put that in immediately. They should, when they unbanned it, they should have put it on Arena. Yeah. And I can't imagine that that was not doable. The fact that it's uh, like uh, over a month after and we still don't have it, like maybe there's a chance that during the like mergers uh, update we'll get it, but like... The only thing I can see is like maybe because this is the, the qualifier weekend is explore oh, they didn't sure. want to like change the metagame because that would like... drastically change the metagame yeah putting this card on arena that's true that's true but i mean it's been a month like people would have had a month i think that would have been if fine could, if they could have done it immediately yeah but then the holidays the layoffs there's a bunch of stuff going on so maybe it's they're saving it for after this qualifier weekend but uh 
don't know. Just slip it in. Just make it like yeah, a... just just like Friday. Just do it on Friday. Don't just just tomorrow. Just don't tell anybody. And yeah, just, yeah. Like, put it's just it in. in your collection. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, if it was in my collection, that'd be amazing. It's not going to be in my collection. Yeah. It's going to be available for me to purchase. But ah, of well, course. Yes, yes, yes. yes no, no they, they actually just give everyone four copies. Oh, <laughs> oh baby, that'd be nice. I'd like That's that. That's the Hasbro I know. What's going to happen is that the murderer of murders of Karlov Matter is the looter scooter. That's what, and then it's going to be a big reveal, you know, and then, yeah, yeah. and then everyone gets copies. It of was the account. smuggler's copter. The oh my time. God. It's from Kaladesh. That's crazy. How did the looter scooter get here through an open path? I don't know. Um, yeah, but it's, it's actually going to be like, they're going to put it on the client but it's going to be upshifted in rarity in the sense that you need both a bear and a mythic rare wild oh yes classic yeah. yeah it's just like the old days when in historic you needed two rares to make one rare yeah ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> that. yeah it's crazy to think that that was actually a thing so stupid it's so dumb um Anyway, <laughs> up next, <laughs> up next is uh, Amalia Benavides Agriere, who yeah. um, she also did a bunch of shit in Explorer and Pioneer um, with her busted combo deck. That... Yeah. Well, Jeff, you have a little bit more experience with this, but um, I know. That I actually this think the deck's everywhere. pretty bad, but yeah. it's doing well and it's popular. So maybe I'm just wrong, but uh, I never seem to lose. It's one of those things where like everyone loves it. And then I just never seem to lose to it. I will say it's ultra consistent. So game one is an uphill battle mm -hmm. because their combo wins the game and they just have so many ways to deal with it. And it's really easy to interact with, but you have to interact with it like five or six times because they can do it so often. So often. But they have no room, given that they, they have this core set of creatures that they need for the combo. They need something that triggers like life gain. So mm -hmm. the innkeeper is the the most popular one. Um, they need Amalia, they need Wild Growth Walker, and then they need to play ways to find those cards. So whether that's Collected Company or like sometimes they play Collected Company, but they will always play um, the... one of my favorite cards, Court of Calling. Mm -hmm. And then usually they want to have a backup plan, which is a return to the ranks. So bring the combo back from their graveyard and the thing about the combo is that if they hit it it's it's very finicky and like they can combo without actually killing you because the amalia doesn't have uh will have summoning sickness so can't attack but they will get to explore through their whole library and they'll explore right to return to the ranks which basically means if you kill me i'm just gonna do it again mm -hmm. um so it's really hard to beat game one a lot of the time but because they're so full of all these things in order to make their deck work, they don't have much interaction. And so I've just found game two and three. It's like you just bring in a card that says players can't gain life and their deck does nothing. Like mm -hmm. literally nothing. They're playing a bunch of one threes and stuff. And so it's like, okay, well, this deck doesn't seem particularly good. You have like three fatal pushes maybe post-board to kill my thing. And that's it. That's your only hope to. Yeah, because they cannot don't... beat this card. <laughs> it's not like a oh, we can pivot into our mid range plan type of combo deck, or pivot into our control. Some, plan sometimes they do, like but they're just the worst mid range deck I've ever seen. Like oh. they bring in Voice of Resurgence, but they're still playing 
wild growth walker mm-hmm. and you know like just terrible cards so hey, i don't know i'm not super walker. impressed with this deck but it is putting up tournament results in pioneer and i will say in best of one because i had some experience with that the past mm-hmm. weekend this is probably the best explorer best of one deck you either want to play this or have a good reason to play something else gotcha which makes it a really weird metagame because Amalia mirrors are a nightmare because someone combos off and then goes to 80 life. And then the now the other player's combo doesn't win because the other players, like if you kill the Amalia or whatever, and then you combo off, your Amalia stops at 20 power, but they have 80 life because they did the Amalia mm-hmm. thing first. Now both, and then both players have like 160 life. And then you're trying to figure out if you can get the Dina with an Amalia that has more than 20 power so that it never stops and Dina is draining the whole time. It's like part two. You you need to hit combo part two where your Amalia is over 20 power so that it never, the loop never ends, but you need Dina out or it's a draw because the loop will go on forever. And they kill the Dina and it draws the game. And so it's like, that sounds awful. It's a horrible. That's, so I was like, should I play a Bali on this? Like, I really don't want to play a Molly of Mirrors, though. I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just play like anti creature, old school Rakdos, like steal your stuff and sack it, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll just we'll just be <laughs> fuck your creature deck That's... dot deck. And uh, I lost great. one game, which was to blue white control. I got trounced, but mm-hmm. uh, every other game was against a creature deck and. I did play against an Amalia player who opted to draw the game against me. Um, so that was interesting. Because they they did the thing, they went to 80 life, but I had like total control of the board. I had a, a Mayhem Devil with Death Touch. Mm. So it's like, and like Kill a Cat everything. Oven thing yeah. going. So I was like, this is going to take a really long time because my deck's not really meant to do 80 damage. Mm-hmm. But you will never assemble a board mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm going to ping anything you killed. And so they decided to draw the game, force a draw. And so, like, that was the kind of stuff that's happening in Best of One. Gotcha. I so, support. what happens when you force a draw, actually? That's. Yeah. That's... So, so here's how the Amalia combo works, right? Amalia, whenever you gain life, she explores. Yes. And Wild Growth Walker, whenever you explore, you gain three life. Sure. Um, and so when you have those two cards out, it just goes forever. There's no mm-hmm. way to stop that, except that Amalia says, after you do this, if Amalia has exactly 20 power, destroy all other creatures. Mm-hmm. And so the combo is you play those two cards, get her up to 20 power, explore, gain life, whatever, blow up the rest of the board, which blows up your wild growth walker so the loop stops. Mm-hmm. And then you're left with a 20, usually like 23, 24 power Amalia. If your Amalia has more than 20 power when you start this, the the when I have exactly 20 power clause will never trigger and it will go on forever. Mm-hmm. So what happens in Arena is you have to manually select your explore triggers. Mm-hmm. Like that's not something you can automate. You have to decide if you want to put Keep it in it your graveyard or not. Yeah. And so eventually you rope out. Mm-hmm. Once you rope out on your decision making, it does like for some reason it does like 10 cycles automatically mm-hmm. and then it just says draw and when you're in an event for a qualifier or play in or something what what does a draw 
do nothing. So I, I think this happened at 2 0. Mm-hmm. The draw happened, and then I was 2 0. That is so weird. Yeah. Like there's no 2 0 and 1 or whatever. Like, yeah, the draw just nothing happens. Yeah. Because it's so like bizarre. the best, you have to get six wins before you get two losses. So I had mm-hmm. two wins, I had no losses. Same thing after the draw. That's so weird. And actually, no, no, sorry. I thought I had to. I played against Amalia again later, and uh, I thought they were going to be able to draw, but they mm-hmm. didn't. I was able to like stop them. I was playing the battle of like, I'm going to win this game unless you're able to draw, which mm-hmm. feels like uh, that's so everyone who's played played chess before. You often get into the situation where one player mm-hmm. is trying to draw and the other player is trying to win. That's what it felt like in this game against him. That sounds awful. That makes me not want to play chess ever. And that just, just <laughs> pretty common. But like the black, the player who's playing the black pieces is looking to draw a lot of the time. The player who's playing the white pieces is like, I had the definitive advantage. I want to win. Oh, I guess I don't know enough about chess, but that sounds horrible. I liked watching the Queen's Gambit, and then I was like, oh, I could play chess, and then and then I started playing chess yeah. again. I was like, ah, uh, I don't really want to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just that's me. Hard. Um, I don't keep... like that. Like my cell phone can kick my ass. I think that that's that what sucks. killed chess for me. Is like mm-hmm. I don't know. AI is just too good at it now. And it so, is. There's a lot of things that AI does that I don't want them to do. There's like um, high level grandmaster chess tournaments where people accused they. I don't know if you heard about this. They accused a woman of having a computer in her lipstick. What the fuck? Because <laughs> she would put on lipstick or something. I think as a mm-hmm. nervous kind of tail, whatever, Tick. she would yeah, yeah. reapply her lipstick. And she beat a male. Mm-hmm. And the only way that that could have happened right. uh, for her to beat a man was she must have been cheating somehow. And the only way yeah. he could possibly come up with was her lipstick. So well, that he accused her of using Because she's a woman. She, is, she has a little tiny brain because all women do. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think this was in like Russia or something. So oh yeah, actually... of course. Well, actually, Russian women have teeny tiny. Yeah, extremely, and, and Russian men, men have huge. huge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, obviously, that's all fucking bullshit. But um, <laughs> I just want to say that. Um, let's get back. You keep taking me off course. I know. So I don't. You don't know as a listener, but. Sometimes Jeff has like a thing where he decides that he's going to try to get me off topic as much as possible. And it's happening yeah. right now. So um, he's, he's winning the episode and I'm losing yeah. horribly. <laughs> um, but Quintorius Canned is another card that did really well. Yeah. It was a theological appraiser type situation. Um, and for standard, we got the rest of the restless land cycle. Those are all the cards that were really uh, important for formats in Constructed. I think Quintorius is also standard, like plausible, but he's he's suffering from the three-year standard. Like we have too many yes. good cards many in good standard cards. right now, yeah. and def- well-defined archetypes that he doesn't fit into. But you know, I've seen people try the whole like Pia Nalar mm-hmm. uh, or like, whatever Pia something yeah. something exile cards, and when you cast them, you get thopters and stuff. And Quintorius mm-hmm. would be excellent there. So. Um, yeah. I think there's hope. Quintorius is a powerful enough card that there's hope. But, you know, people relate his passive to Shieldred as like, oh, it's really good. It's like Shieldred's ability. And it's like, but we have Shieldred. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you just play Shieldred then? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's also better than Shieldred because you can do it multiple times a turn. I mean, 
obviously yeah. you can't do that. You can shield it multiple For times. sure, opponent to draw a bunch of cards, that's true. But this is just you doing cool stuff. Um, but with that, it's a perfect place to like just slide right into like, um, I want to quickly touch on some of the mechanics before we get to our worth of slots because now that we are off topic, we're going to run long. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> but <laughs> what I do best. Um, I know, it really is. Uh, it's, it's perfect time to talk about Discover. Um, was this a mistake of a mechanic? Did they need to make a Cascade that was better than Cascade? So, I don't think so. I think Discover is cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, I think they did a good job of fixing Cascade. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there was that bullshit kind of deck that I'm glad is gone in Explorer slash Pioneer. But that was an easy fix, right? Just ban it. And they mm -hmm. did that immediately. So I think in terms of Limited, I think Discover has been pretty cool in Limited. And I think in standard, this red black discover, even though I don't think it's a great deck, like it's cool. It's yeah, it's cool. I I agree. And um, you know, Discover came out and everyone was like, oh my god, it's just like fucking way better at Cascade and all this stuff. And we obviously had bands and all that stuff happened. And yes, it's a powerful mechanic where you get to draw a card if you can't play it, all that kind of stuff. But honestly, if this was what Cascade was the whole time, they're just Basically, they're just opening the door for better design space for themselves. So That's the can... thing. It's Cascade, but they have more control over it. It doesn't yeah. always have to be the mana cost, right? So they can just put exactly. Discover 3, Discover 2. Yeah. So it gives it lets them control how powerful the They can just is. do more stuff with it. It's more interesting. Um, and they've learned... and it's not a cast trigger either, usually. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. That's come up a few times in my game where I'm like, wait, they reanimated this. Oh, right, it's not Cascade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They reanimated yeah. the... That totally works. You reanimate mm -hmm. your company, Carnosaur, that's bad for me. Yes. Which um, is just more ETB stuff, which is just good. Like, you but can it also makes it like, easier to interact with, right? Like, I can mm -hmm. just counter your... If you counter mm -hmm. a Cascade spell, like, you, you, they still there was cascade. the whole thing where you had to wait for the Cascade and counter that, mm -hmm. but then they still get the original spell. Yeah. And so this is a little more, you know, you can fight back a bit. Yeah, it's in, in more ways. Um, it also means that you can double up on your discover triggers, which is like a big roaming throne thing. That that card was big and standard, or standard uh, commander. I've never um, seen it. <laughs> no. Uh, that card was just basically like commander player. It's like 40 bucks or something because commander players are like... Jesus, really? Yeah. Because it just goes I don't even really know what it does. It like chooses a creature type and then it's like a panharmonicon uh, essentially for it. Oh yeah, okay, that would be good in commander. Yeah, so it, it <laughs> it's like a it's a panharmonicon that's a creature. It's a four four, and it has ward two. It just I don't know. I I I don't like do nothing enchantment shit. So or artifact. It doesn't matter. We're not even talking. I mean, about it's it. a four four. I guess so. <laughs> If you attack him 10 times, you win the game, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, 10-turn yeah. clock, or mm -hmm. in timeless, 3-turn clock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but that was great. What did you think of Craft? I thought Craft was really awesome. I had a lot of fun with it in Draft. So coming into uh, the format, like reading the previews and stuff, I thought this was so weird 
and mm-hmm. like you know the other the other uh, mechanics I really vibing with this one's like the odd one out it's super weird I don't really get it but after playing with it in limited and occasionally against the adventurous standard player who would mm-hmm. have something going on um, I think it's really cool I think the fact that you can craft with your graveyard is what makes it like, mm. if you couldn't do that it would be the and I think when I first read it, I was just like, oh, you have to like use artifacts you already have and play. It's a horrible, horrible mechanic. Um, but no, you're like, you basically are always choosing things in your graveyard. Yeah, if you can. Like, that's the default. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this was a very cool mechanic. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't draft a ton. I did some drafting. But I thought, like, this really allowed them to make these cards that are really marginal early game cards, but then have effects in the late game. Like I think the classic is the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is like a, you know, a much higher pick than I would have had it at when I was first drafting. Um, because it just has that kind of does something early and then actually affects the game. Wins the game. Like, yeah. oh, sorry, you have bad blocks slash I have vigilance. Like, oh, yeah, I have a giant creature that like taps yeah. your things down. Um, yeah, I think it gives them a lot of control. And I think magic designers have gone to this point where we want them to have a lot of knobs to tweak over their cards because exactly. they're going to get them into a really great spot. This is exactly the same thing as the discover thing. Like, craft yeah. is just craft with whatever. They can be like, craft with artifact is what we got, but you can have craft with, you know. And they we can had... choose the mana costs or the cost. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be mana necessarily, but whatever cost you, you, you can have craft to pay with for, creature yeah. types. You craft with uh, land types. You craft with different permanent types. You craft with instants yeah. and sorceries. You could do anything. Uh, you craft with life. You know, the, you could do a ton of stuff. Um, and I think that this is awesome. We have to see this again. Like, this is a great yeah. beginning. Um, it was cool. I would love to see, like, I don't know what spin I would recommend, you know, what I'm, what I would suggest, but I'd mm-hmm. love to see them just tackle it in a new way because they are often really good at that, like taking yeah. a mechanic, doing it again, but doing it in such a different way than the first time. Exactly. Like, it is so yeah. interesting because if we were in a block format where, like, we had Lost Caverns of Ixalan and then did two more small sets, oh, we would have. Yeah, they could have done some cool stuff with these. We basically mechanics. we would have got like craft with artifact would be the first one, and then it would be like craft with island and whatever, and then and then yeah, they yeah, keep yeah. moving on, and then you'd be like, what else oh, are they gonna do with craft? What it's are crazy. they gonna craft with now? Yeah, exactly. Craft um, with cards in hand or something. Ooh, craft with cards in hand. That sounds awful. I don't want to do that, but I like. It. <laughs> um, I'd be like, uh, excuse me, Judge, does this count as discarding cards for my NT? Like, no. no, it's exiling. You're like, oh. <laughs> well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, super love it. Um, yeah, I, it played way better than it. It read a little clunky and weird to me. And then mm-hmm. when I played it, I was like, this actually feels more natural than I was giving it credit for. Yes. In like uh, just reading the cards. Well, because the fucking text box is like huge. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I'm like, what do you do? You can either pick something in play or in your graveyard. It has to it's be so what they funny said. because normally cards that have a bunch of words on them and all craft cards have double sides. So like they tend yeah, to right. be cards that I'm like, oh, too much. But that text box, like I could always just disregard it because I just saw craft with and I was like, oh, it's all reminder text. I don't care. I know what it does. Right. Um, and once I figured out the graveyard thing, I was like, this is amazing. Um, yeah. That took me a few drafts. So I was like, all oh, right, you can use your graveyard. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, 
I want to say map tokens are awesome. Thank you. Yeah, these are great. They've figured out these like artifact tokens that do the mechanic or do the thing are just mm -hmm. amazing. Like, yeah, clue tokens are cool. Blood tokens are cool. Map tokens are cool. I Treasure tokens. Uh... <laughs> I like. I mean, hey, treasure tokens are maybe a little too good. Those are but... that's that's the line. If they do anything more yeah. than treasure tokens, food tokens, awesome, love it. Um, food tokens, yeah, those those might be yeah. one of the best ones because they're the weakest, they, but like yeah. that makes them the coolest. But they're still one. good, like yeah. in a weird way. Um, and then uh, descend, descended, and fathomless descent—all those like variations of de putting permanent cards in your graveyard from different ways. Um, yeah. I like that they added, you know, this almost just feels like an old mechanic that has a word now, you know? Um, yeah. Th this feels like the block thing again, right? Like mm -hmm. one of these would have had descend in the first form, and then they mm -hmm. would have changed descend a little bit in the second one, and the third one. They would have and then fathomless descent at the end. Like, right. You know, but we yeah. get it all front loaded into one set, which feels really complicated and confusing. Um, so this feels like. I think ultimately just talking about Lost Cameras of Vixalon, it kind of feels like this set is is a lot of, it feels kind of like a, an entire block shoved together. Um, I know we've had other versions of that. Like, I think New Capena kind of felt like it could have been a little bit fleshed out. I think Call Time felt like it could have been fleshed out, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but this one specifically with the mechanics, it feels like the first time we've actually been like, hey, you could have done this over a year. This is a block that's crushed yeah, into one set. Exactly. Yeah. Like mechanic-wise, as, as opposed yeah. to story-wise, which the other ones... I'm also not like totally sure I get a permanent going to the graveyard in any way is me, like, descending deeper into the caverns. Like You're the permanent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. No, 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 no. You are going to the earth, in into the underworld, I guess. I don't know. Don't do I shut up. <laughs> like from your hand, I kind of get that, but they, I think mm -hmm. to make it more playable, they had to like open it up to like if something dies on the battlefield. Yeah. Or from your that's library. Descending. But or, it has to right. be a card. It can't be a token, which is the biggest thing that yeah. everyone was confused about uh, yeah. when this first started, which is not a fail, but the reason. So if Descend worked with any token, the the Rakdos deck would have been really good in this format for draft, mm -hmm. because it didn't. Rakdos was bad, and that was like yeah. I wonder nice. if it used to work with tokens in like some point in development, mm -hmm. and they removed that. Yeah, probably. That'd be my guess because I, I think it just ended up being like, man, these map tokens are are going wild on this like yeah, you know, descending stuff. I could totally um, see that for sure, for sure, for sure. But you know what? It does work with Inti he discards a permanent that's true it's i like i you know i said earlier i don't love nt on turn two i do love it when i have stalker on turn one and it's just a three three now so good yeah that's, that's what you do that's what you do yeah that's what i was trying to do the most like the nt discarding stuff was like i get counters uh hell yeah yeah that's... i now have a three three menace and a two two and i'm gonna like on turn two and I'm going to be discarding stuff and drawing cards and putting more counters. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm probably going to Gix next turn. It's just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, opponent? Unless you have temporary lockdown in your main deck. I think you fucked. I hate that card. <laughs> temporary lockdown is awful. It's yeah, disgusting. Fuck that card. Fuck that card. You know, temporary lockdown and farewell can both like just get the fuck out. 
and Sunfall. They just like go. They can, they can see. The, I don't mind Sunfall that much. I it's hate the Sunfall. other ones where I'm just like, you can see your way out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've had enough of you. No. Anyway, Jeff, we are far too deep into this happy hour to just be getting to our worthless lots right now, but let's do it. Worthless lots. All right. So these are our worthless slots. These are cards that we thought were going to be worth a slot in your deck uh, during our first sips episode. Um, so if you want to hear, well, we're going to talk a little bit about why we picked them, but hopefully we can get these through these fairly quickly because we do have some favorite cards at the end of this before we start rating our beer. Um, Absolutely. So we have, well, actually, Jeff, you always explain. So Jeff, explain our, our different uh, tiers really quickly. Absolutely. So these are, uh, I'm told, sports-themed. Um, so, so we have our layups. These are the things that we thought for sure you would see. Like, no doubt about it, this card's going to see some play. We have our three-pointers. These are cards that are powerful enough to see play. And we're generally talking about standard here. We would usually make an explicit, like I'm talking about Explorer. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually we'll just talk about standard. Um, so the three-pointer is powerful enough to see play, but it would need an, the right archetype or like, you know, things would have to land favorably. Half court is basically cards we would love to be good enough to make it, but are probably not. And then overrated and underrated, I think, are sort of self-explanatory. They definitely are. Um, Jeff, I started us off, I believe, for this uh, round, so I will just go right into it. My layup. No, sorry. It's one it's of not these. how you. Yeah. Yeah, this is how you lay up. You lay. That's up not like how this. you how you play baseball. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Good. Don't even get me started on people doing sports ball jokes. Okay, we know what basketball is. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I picked for my layup. Toronto yeah. Raptors. Woohoo! <laughs> sure. Um, the Tishana's tide binder. That gets a check mark. Yeah. Tishana's tide binder. I, I play against that card often. Yeah, it's around a lot. It. Uh, it get it like <laughs> I was playing the uh like Liliana the other day and I was like wow I don't need to plus this because if they have Tishana's Tidebinder I don't get to use it ever again now so let's maybe not that type of thing um yeah this card's all over the place um it, it most often is used to turn like shut down your opponent's um schooner uh, I think that's something that happens quite often um yeah. so yeah, this card's. Do you it's... counter the crew? Is that what you do? Yes, counter yeah. counter the crew. Um, so unless you have good blocks on it for whatever reason, you just want to stop and explore. But like, no, you would you would counter the crew. Um, I will say cause... like I play against this card a lot, and it's not as insane as we originally thought. I think mostly because it's so telegraphed. Like your opponent's just like has three mana, some of which mm-hmm. is blue. And so like you're saying, you're like, maybe I just don't activate Liliana because they definitely have tide binder. On the one hand, that means it's warping your decision making, which mm-hmm. means it's, it's obviously good. good yeah. But it's good if they get you with it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times I'm like, this is a trigger I'm okay letting go of, and then they just have a three two flash, which is fine, mm-hmm. but it's not like yeah. you know, like every time I play, I'm just like, okay, I'm playing against blue black. They have three mana up. I'm thinking of Tidebinder. They have four mana up. It's Urtide. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how do we play around that? Uh, and it it is possible to play around it. And so, oh, absolutely. 
And that's what you were kind of talking about when we were first initiating it. I was saying all the very like regular, hey, this stops the tracks, this does the blah, 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 this stuff. Um, like it does don't crew your schooner into, uh, yeah. you know, Tidebinder. That's one of those things. Um, killing a Tidebinder isn't that difficult. Eventually you get your schooner back. Right, you get like your that. thing back. Yeah. Um, and I often do that. I'll be like, I'll plus Liliana to make them play their Tidebinder now. Mm -hmm. That taps them out. And then I play this card that I actually want to resolve or just yeah. kill your fucking tide binder or whatever. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it still counters the trigger. So it's not like mm -hmm. I'm up, I'm super far ahead in that interaction, but it is something I can, I can sort of force them to do it by mm -hmm. putting a trigger on the stack that I know they want yeah. to count. Them paying three mana to stop themselves from discarding card is pretty good for you, I think. Um, right. And it actually would stop both of us from this like I exactly you don't have well. to discard Although, either. generally my deck is you would like to do discard. that but anyway uh tide binder everywhere it was a successful layup jeff what's what was your layup for this for this set okay so my layup was thousand moon smithy which i've put a, a big old next to at the moment but I still maintain that we could see this card at some point. I think mm -hmm. it's it is powerful enough. There's just nothing. I I thought like white, like mono white sort of creature decks mm -hmm. would be more prevalent than they are. That's basically not really a thing in standard anymore. I never run into it. Um, if I'm playing against white, it's with other colors going on. Mm -hmm. And so, here's what I'll say. Maybe if something like the Wandering Emperor rotates out. So next year, mm -hmm. this becomes a four drop you're more interested in in white creature decks, um, especially since, uh, you know, like the cards that are rotating out in white creature decks are so powerful right now that maybe we do have to wait to rotation. I've seen this card in like the artifact blue white kind of control. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen this deck, but like the. Yeah, I've played against this deck. Um, Everyone has their own like jank version of it because it's not mm -hmm. sort of a there's no agreed upon list because it's not a, really a meta deck. But uh, this card sort of shows up, but no, I mean as a layup, this this was a I missed this layout for sure. Well, I just want to tell you this is fighting on your side that today there was an article published on Magic.gg talking about a bunch of standard decks that were in RCQs. Um, this was Magic Online, but um, like two to three percent of the meta was this Azorius Craft deck. It's like a blue-white control deck. Actually, I do know that it is a slightly more common occurrence on MTGO. And I think probably because it's dirt cheap. It's probably light. That's probably that makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah. um, because the cards aren't being played a lot of other places. But there was one player, Makubi, who finished seventeenth in like a hundred and forty-three player qualifier. Right, that, that's, not that's like that, tied for eighth. Yeah, so yeah. they did fairly well, and they were playing three copies of Smithy. So, that's, all right, I'll uh, take it. Okay. Yeah, I, I will like, say this that, card is really good. It's just. Mm -hmm. It's hard to walk into, first of all, this set is probably one of the harder, hardest ones we could have had to be difficult. the first set of no rotation mm -hmm. um, because there's the, so many good cards. And I remember second, saying at the time, we were like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember we were saying at the time, like, there are so many cards to choose from and none of them seem to stand out above others. There are just lots of really good cards. It was, it was really hard. But, so... Uh, yeah 
But uh, with that being said, uh, my three-pointer was Squirming Emergence, which yeah. if you don't remember, it's the three-mana Golgari sorcery that uh, reanimates um, a card from your graveyard that uh, equal to the permanence. Based on your fathomless descent. Exactly, thank you. As I'm burping through this. But that I tried playing one copy of. I wanted anything. Just give me anything with it. I thought maybe it would fit in the Golgari deck or something. That deck has kind of gone to the wayside a little bit. And um, we're not interested in that at all. I forgot about Golgari mid-range. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, I think like I said at the time, if this was an enchantment that did this on ETB... That'd be a whole different card. Yeah. Because it because the it's problem is you don't want sorceries in your mm-hmm. descent deck. Exactly. And I even built a few descent decks and I cut anything that was not a permanent because mm-hmm. it was it, it was just so was when you're playing them, yeah, you really need to be able to rely on if I mill three cards, that adds three to my descent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Every single um, time. You can't hit yeah. this card randomly. And so the, the card has to be incredible to be a non-permanent card. And you said that when I picked it, and you were right, so I'll give that to you. But what was your three-pointer, Jeff? Okay, so mine was O'Hare Ajunil, Deepest Mm. Might. Um, This is the red god that basically um, if you were to deal any non-combat damage, it deals damage equal to its power instead of however much you're going to do and it's a 4-4 originally uh i'm going to give myself this one because it does what i was saying it does it's really good in decks with red pingers so there was a mono red deck in pioneer actually that was playing this Mm. as the top end and obviously anvil lists though i haven't run into a ton of them anymore but uh, whenever you see an anvilist, it usually has this card these days mm. because anvil's just full of pingers. If if this set did not birth Inti, I think Jeff would have been playing a lot more of this card. But yeah. because it birthed Inti, that changed Inti's everything. So good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I will say is, was I in Mythic or was this Diamond? But I was against an opponent who was playing uh, this card. As well as the, I'm never going to remember the name of this, but it's the Phyrexian who doubles. Um, there's a the red Phyrexian Praetor, or not Praetor, but like. What are you saying? There was like a cycle in, I want to say new Phyrexia of these uh, cards. Dominus. Okay, so there was the oh. red... Um, not new Phyrex. You're talking about um, All Will Be One. The Dominus All Will one. Be One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul Mayhem Dominus. It says if a source mm-hmm. you control would deal non-combat damage to an opponent or a permanent, uh, it deals double that damage instead. Mm-hmm. This does not work the way that you want it to work. <laughs> and you should not play these two cards together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was funny because my opponent was like, oh my god, it's going to deal double uh, O'Hare Ash O'Neill's damage. The thing is, the way these things works is whoever's taking the damage actually gets to stack the triggers because it's a replacement effect. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like a, a judge thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
it happened to me and I got to choose how it was ordered. And I was like, oh, actually, you're going to do fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. At first, I was like, oh, my God, is this going to be eight damage from a pain? Mm. Like, no, it is not. No, no it is not. Because I'm, I'm actually going to choose take, to do it the other way. I could take two. Yeah. yeah. Can I take two? Is that cool? That sucks. Um, for your opponent. For you, it's great. Yeah. But uh, we both had a had a fun life lesson that or, you know, magic lesson that day, and uh, mm-hmm. my opponent just conceded after I stacked the triggers. Yeah, like, and they realized that that's one of those moments where you're like, oh, my deck doesn't do what I thought. And that's why this is... Oh, yeah, the... and I've been on the other side of that so many times. So many times. Yeah. So this is the number one reason why I think that we should be able to build whatever deck we want and play it against sparky so that we can learn what cards do. right just for the basic interactions yeah. so if we had like a sparky queue where you had a god account every player would have a god account and you could play against sparky but sparky sucks and it's not fun magic but you could play every card just to learn how they work because sometimes yeah. little things like this and then you you lose your mythic wild cards your brewer wild cards that, because of this it would be so helpful because after this game i literally googled like why did i win this game essentially like mm-hmm. why did it let it's... me choose mm-hmm. and then there was some like there was already a reddit thread about it like how yeah. do these two cards interact and some oh, judge so... was like oh it's a replacement effect and so the uh because the yeah, opponent gets are... to choose it's because there's two separate placement effects um exactly and, yeah. and i guess in that situation the person being affected is who gets to choose that's crazy um, who knew that you could stack your your opponent's triggers? Um, yeah. We have a half-court shot. Half-court shots are your, hey, maybe this will work. These usually don't go in, so don't get mad. Um, but mine was especially egregious, I think. I I would must have been, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking when I said this, but um, I... And you certainly forgot it was three-year standard. But, uh... <laughs> yes, I definitely did, for sure um calamitous cave-in was my pick this was this is a three-year standard mistake um yeah like maybe in a freshly rotated format caves could be a thing like, for a small period of time but no there's no way that caves would be any sort of standard deck anything yeah. the, the, to the fact that like calamitous cave-in is the cave is the red cave card that wipes their board equal to the caves you have in your in playing graveyard um this this card you can't even play this in draft. Like caves was awful in draft. Like it's not even like a because you have deck. to spend so many picks on lands. Yeah, but it, I think it's less more less so about the amount of picks you have to use on lands, and more so about the payoffs just weren't really there. Like right. the fact the yeah. white payoff for caves doesn't work with discover because you have to you only get it. Like when you play the enchantment, you only get bats based on the amount of caves you tapped for it. Oh, that throws me off every time. You can only yeah. ever get three bats. I'm always yes. like, oh, I'm going to slam this, get like seven bats. No. And I'm just like, three. Oh, right. Yeah. And so then when you, if you sacrifice your cave to go through your deck, one of your payoffs is white. You play that, you get zero bats. It's useless. It's like, yeah. So that was a huge miss like it just a horrible miss and that made like this card was if you were trying to build the deck you might be able to get three three with this card but like it was not good honestly like and the, i could see it being a little absurd like if it was just oh you get seven bats or whatever mm-hmm. like maybe they were worried about that but yeah like i don't know absurd. you should 
you should pay off the player who's doing the crazy draft thing and is committed yeah. so many of their picks to lands and like draft I, is already self like correcting so exactly i would say that it would have to be your caves in play instead of because yeah. a lot of the caves yeah, 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 in play yeah, and in graveyard sure. and graveyard no that'd mm-hmm. be stupid especially and... in that millier self format that'd be yes. just so dumb and I make 15 bats. I what the fuck? <laughs> I do also remember that in Dominary United we had that like like defender card that entered the battlefield and made a bunch of like uh oh, one yeah, ones yeah, yeah. equal to the that your defenders. Incredible. And that ended up being one of the best cards in the set because you could tutor it and it was awful. So but like what I'm saying is if this is one of the best cards in the set, but you have to jump through the hoop of drafting all the caves. A bunch of lands. I think true. that's all right. That was just like, oh, you're just blue white defenders or whatever. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, this card was a huge miss. And like, if you're a miss in draft too, like you're, you just, yeah. that's just a useless card. Like I think my card's probably a miss in draft as well. <laughs> your card's much less of a miss in draft, I would say. But you go ahead, give us a give us your half question. All right, I picked Throne of the Grim Captain. This was the thing that uh, if you have like one of each of the Ixalan types of vampire, merfolk, mm-hmm. uh, dinosaur, and pirate, mm-hmm. then you craft with that, and it turns into this fucking busted, know, awesome flying demon thing. Um, in <laughs> reality, it's just. It's just too hard to make that happen. But mm-hmm. uh... first of all, I just want to say it's not a demon. It's a seven-seven skeleton spirit pirate. It's still a pirate, but it's not. Oh, any of the other I love things. that. It's not the yeah. other thing. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's good in our uh, skeleton uh, kindred deck. Yeah, there you go. Trying to build that together. Um, yeah. We just have to find a skeleton pirate, a skeleton dinosaur, a skeleton mm-hmm. uh, merfolk. And... <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that this card actually worked. Like you, it was possible. Yeah. But the the deck you're trying to build is like the blue in draft. Sorry, we were talking about draft. Yeah. Um, you're trying to build like the blue black um, mill deck because black gives right. you vampires. Um, and uh blue and you want them in their graveyard for craft anyways yes you want them so you're milling a bunch of stuff (laughs) and then the the black dinosaur is actually pretty good the um it's the oh stag tail yeah spike tail -tail. whatever uh that's a great card to you know put into your graveyard the cycling and so this card ended up being great in specifically that deck if you're trying to build this in other things it's basically a blue black card, but it just doesn't look like it. Um, right. So you could do it, but it wasn't this five color craziness that it looks like on its face. Um, you just need to for sure know that, oh, all the, the land cyclers are dinosaurs and you have to have that land cycler. Right. Um, or one of the land cyclers from them. But anyway, cool card, but. Definitely didn't get there. I did actually see um, there were, there was a streamer, uh, Hamhawks42. This mm. guy, super nice dude, awesome stream, great guy. Excellent purveyor of jank brews. Yes. Like, if you want a competitive but jank brew, he, check out the, He's part of like the, the magic stream. jank like crew. There's a whole bunch of them. 
super cool. Yeah. But he had a sweet deck list. But he's one of the ones that I think builds the, some of the most competitive lists of that. Okay. Part. Well, that's great. Yeah, we'll have to tell him um, that we think that. But uh, yeah, he had a Throne of the Grim Captain deck in standard that performed. It was actually pretty sick. See, that's what I'm saying. Every time I tune in, I'm like, well, this is garbage. And then mm-hmm. you can win with it. So yeah. maybe maybe he's just an excellent player and his brews are, are awful. But I think it's a, a little of both. I think it's a little of both. He's a good deck builder and a good player. Yeah. And, you know, any streamer that I want to grab a beer with, a yeah. okay in my yeah, life, yeah, for sure. I'm like, ooh, you get, like, bonus points. That's um, the litmus test for us. It's like, yeah. would, I, would I beer with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That that's huge. You know, if you go to a convention or something and you want to meet somebody that you like, maybe you listen to um, limited resources and you're like, man, you know, Marshall seems super cool. I want to hang out with him. Let's go grab a beer. But you can't. Marshall doesn't drink beer. And you should know that. So don't yeah, ask. That's, Marshall that's the reason beer. you can't grab a beer with Marshall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely that not because he's really busy and has a bunch of things he has to do and he's doing coverage or whatever. Um, but then when like Corey Baumeister is doing the, I'm like, well, I'd grab a beer with this guy. Uh, sure. I'd grab a beer with Corey, Corey, and uh, uh, who who does Aylin? Aylin, yeah. Who does uh, stuff with him? They are the best. Yeah, I love that coverage. team. That's the one best. of my favorites. Every yeah. time they're on, I always make sure to tweet about them and how great they are because yeah. I want someone to know they're my favorite. Put them on the big matches. Yeah, yeah. Paul, apparently Paul Cheon's gone, so let's get them on the big ones. Marshall can That's do right. whatever. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> but I really like that. Paul's one. back to um, streaming like Boomer Vintage Cubes and stuff. Oh, all right. So no competition for me. Fantastic, because there's <laughs> yeah. no way I can beat Paul Cheon at anything. Um, <laughs> all right. So we have some overrated, underrated cards. We have to get to our favorite cards. Yes. I mean, <laughs> so, the overrated, underrated were pretty clear cuts. Week. Yeah, it's out. pretty, pretty, pretty quick. Um, I said that uh, Deep Root Pilgrimage, which is that blue enchantment that when you tap a Merfolk, it makes them 1 1 hexproof Merfolk, was overrated. I've literally seen that card like twice. It was both in draft decks, and they lost the game because they cast that instead of doing anything else. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've also saw it in standard. It was not good. Um, on Arena, this card's terrible. Maybe yeah. in modern. I don't even know. Um, Doesn't seem good enough. The only thing you might need it for is one copy in your like Merfolk commander deck with um, that guy who like from original Ixalan who only cares about tapping Merfolk and that's his all of his abilities. Tap Kumano? Merfolk. Kumano, yeah. Is it Kumano? Yeah, yeah, yeah Kumano. Um, Kumano? No, that's not right. Uh, something like no, that's no Kumano faces Kakazan. Kakazan that's that's not right. It's, um, it's something like that. I don't know. It's something like that. It's like Kumba, Kuma. The three drop, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He cares about um, his name. He was actually pretty good. Kumena, Kumena, Kumena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kumena, right? So he cares about tapping Merfolk specifically, and so when you t- if you tap a Merfolk and make another Merfolk, that's really good right. for that deck. That is the yeah. only reason you should ever play that card. That card's awful. Um, and I was right. Yeah, yeah. I remember the like Kumena Court of Calling decks that were going mm. around. Just, um, or Kumena Convoke, I guess. Yeah. 
I picked Blood Letter of Aklazots purely because a bunch of people, not just one person, I saw it multiple times. People were saying this is the black Torbran. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of here. This card sucks. And Torbran was amazing. And yeah. uh, I was correct. <laughs> yeah, this card is um, not super great. In draft, it uh, was difficult to cast. That was the biggest uh, yeah. downside. Also, black wasn't aggressive enough for it. So your typical uh, draft deck is like nine eight land split. Mm-hmm. You can't cast one black 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 with that. So on turn four, you maybe it's the turn seven uh, consistently uh, card, but like a two four on turn seven. More likely, you're gonna lose because this is sitting in your hand and you can't cast it. Yeah, and makes makes it's sense. It's gonna do sense. any any sort of crazy thing. Uh, underrated cards, I said O'Hare Pak Patik Deepest Epoch, which is the blue god. Um, this one I've missed. played against it a few times. Yeah. I won those games. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, this card... It's just a little too slow, I think. It's a little slow. It's a little slow and a little spellsy, and we're not really in a blue spells right. type of world right now. Um, I'm, honestly, I'm not sure we ever will be again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> creatures are too good these days that, like, even the control decks have to play creatures. Yeah. So it's like... Well, they have flash and shit, so... Yeah, anyway, uh, didn't get there, but it was a really cool card. Uh, it, it didn't get to do the, like, it was doing busted, like, um, adventure stuff, and we just didn't get there with the that. So. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, it's extremely powerful. It's just you're probably dead before you get to take advantage of, yeah. of it. I picked the Myco Tyrant, and uh, I think I'm the only one. Other, well, I, you obviously played it as well, mm-hmm. but I think I'm I the did. only one I've seen play this card. So. I have not seen people play this card. It's really cool. Though. I, it's it's been awesome when I play it, mm-hmm. and when you've played it, I've seen like when you streamed that deck, you had some of the coolest like wins, <sighs> was... like way cooler than all the wins I got with it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad. Just, this guy's like living the dream of the reason I put that card in the deck. But, mm-hmm. uh, like the uh, uh, what's the dragon that sacks something and sends it at their face? Oh. um... Ziatora. Okay. Ziatora <laughs> Sackwin. I never got one of those really, but you did. Oh. I was like, yes, that's why it's there. That was so good. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, that was a sweet deck. Sweet deck lists. Once again, another reason to be in our Discord. You could play that deck as well. Um, so, but that, Jeff, let's go to something new. Uh, we need to get to our favorite cards from the set. So I have only some stipulations there's one i would like to add which i am surprising you right now because i thought that i added it earlier and i did not um but we're going to choose our favorite card for limited standard explorer timeless and then our favorite art you don't have to have an answer for all of these because sometimes there aren't answers for all of them and that's totally fine right timeless is a new format there aren't cards that crack into it very often, but there's a card that did, and I just wanted to talk about it. So that's the reason I added this to this list. I was like, ooh, timeless. All mm-hmm. right, I didn't think about that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, those are all the formats that we care about, limited, standard, explorer, and timeless. Um, Can I just so... pick the same card for all of them? Or Sure, that... yeah. It'd be really... frowned, frowned upon. It'll be frowned upon, but you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> We're, and okay. You're going to be invited back next week as well. Like, you, oh, you, that's you, right. I can do whatever I want. Exactly. It's your show. Um, but if Jeff's going to say the same card for everything, let me start <laughs> then. Um, yeah. So we're starting with Limited, which is the best format and the reason we play Magic, obviously. Uh, 
So you know, I use. There's a time when I would have agreed with that, mm -hmm. but Arena has changed that because now it's I can so actually just play the best cards. <laughs> I just like feel almost the opposite where I. It's it like, makes I me can, feel value I, constructed more. I can draft all of the time, and I never right. have to do anything else. I'm playing <laughs> draft as why much as possible. Why would I bother? So my favorite cards. So favorite cards don't have to be good. They just yeah. have to be cards that oh. you love. It just so happens that my favorite cards are cards that are good. And <laughs> I mean, that tends to happen as well. Yeah, it right? tends to happen. This card, Jeff said it himself that every time he's watching me draft on stream, this card's in my pool. Literally every time. <laughs> I am picking Master Guide. Oh, sorry, Master's Guide Mural. Guys like card. red black, but there's one of those in the. <laughs> yeah. I first of all, I never played red black, so don't be shading me. Um, but yeah, Master's Guide Mural. This is the like uh, uncommon for white blue artifacts. Amazing it makes a four four and it comes into play. You craft it, and then it makes a four four every time you get to play an artifact on any turn. Amazing, so good. I mean, like you have to tap it, so like. There are certain situations where you get, actually get to do it on your opponent's turn, but right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes over the game. It's I can't pass this card. It's it hurts me to pass this card, and it's my favorite limited card from the set. There's a lot of them, yeah. but this was my absolute favorite. Like I would even take it if I was like, there is a chance I might play it, but I probably won't, and that I would still take it just in case, just in case. Yeah. That explains why it's always in your pool. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, I don't know, I could have go a few different ways on this for my favorite limited card, but I'm going to give it to our boy, Zoetic Glyph. Because oh. this, this was just like such a definer of the format. And I've been a sucker for the artifacts become creatures thing, like mm -hmm. since the scissors way back when. Oh, scissors and, are good. And so to actually have one that's like really good in limited is unusual. Like, usually mm -hmm. these cards are terrible and limited. Um, and so, like, this being one of the better uncommons in the set was just really cool to me. And I was always like, oh, Zoetic Lift, get in my pool right now. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I love that because that was, like, one of... That could be the best uncommon of the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. For, for like... Which is why I, like, almost didn't want to pick it because I was like, it's just, like super good it's, but also i love that this card is good in the format that's what i love about it i just want to say that the fact that the two best auras which are zoetic glyph and atali's favor are both solid picks in draft like it, you yeah you're looking at a board you're like oh i'm totally fine and then they play either one of these you're like fuck oh yeah God. right it really gets you because because it's, it's so like good say that the creature has haste but the creature has haste yeah <laughs> because it's... it was just sitting there right so you're like god oh. damn it i was not expecting a hasty five four, five, four. that if the, I, I kill it they get another thing yeah it's and and honestly you want to trade with this as soon as possible and give them the other thing like you just you have to like, yeah, you, you just got to bite the bullet and get mm -hmm. fucked, basically. So basically, just, that's what eat, happens. I'll just eat the two for one. Trade yeah. my best thing for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, as we go into standard, I want to say originally my card was Zoetic Glyph for standard. That was... Okay. I, I we, we were coming out of a world where we were playing 
um, food decks in like Wilds of Eldraine. Zoetoglyph just like fell right into line with all that stuff. We never yeah. really built like this. Is it food glyph Teferi, uh, Teferi um, Tezzeret deck? Like it never really, we never actually did that. Is it or Simic? Well, I was thinking is it, but we could do Simic. Because um, I think like uh, there was a popular blue green the uh, artifact, deck, artifact aggro. It was like, I don't know, it popped up and then went away. Mm -hmm. um, I think like a popular streamer did really well with it. And then it was I think Ash Lizzle did it. Yeah. And then. Um, oh, like Shield Maiden, right? On, uh, I think, I think her handle on Arena is Shield Maiden. Oh, maybe. But, uh, I don't know, actually. Um, but yeah, anyway. Maybe it's um, the same person. Maybe it's a different person. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, she has pale skin that deck like was super popular for mm -hmm. a while. And then I think it's sort of people realized it wasn't it wasn't as amazing as it seemed originally. Yeah. Um, but that was I think that was when I saw Zoetic Glyph in Standard. So I took Zoetic Glyph and then I was playing different Kindred decks to try to figure out which one I liked the most. For. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah for uh, Ixalan, which is the first streamer type thing I was really doing. And of all the different Kindred decks, the Pirate Artifact deck ended up being a little bit more artifacts than Pirates, but that ended up being the deck I liked the most, and it was a lot of fun right. to play. So Zoetic Glyph had a really big part of that because it was Ginger Brute, Zoetic Glyph, like awesome stuff. But because I think I know what card you're going to audible to, though. I'm going to audible to Breaches. I was um, going to say Breaches. Yeah, I should have said yeah. that. <laughs> no. I'm going to audible it to Breaches. Um, if if I can say the full card name, I would. Uh, as I Eager Pillager. Oh, Eager Pillager. Thank you. Um, this card is so fun. Um, he just, like, he does everything you want. Like, if you're ever in a situation yeah. where you're like, how do I get through? Oh, I can make sure that they can't block. How do I get more cards? Or how do I get just one more mana? He does all of it. Yeah. He's... And then you're like making a treasure token, then putting counters, like mm -hmm. because an artifact entered the battlefield. From if you're using Captain Storm and stuff Storm like that, and... that's really big. And like, um, but and honestly, he... like, it just reminds me of the God, Chain Whirler days. Where it was like Chain Whirler was such a defining card in the format, you couldn't play one toughness shit anywhere. Mm -hmm. But it was even though people didn't play it, it was still fine because a three three first strike for three is still totally acceptable in a magma deck. Like yeah, <laughs> and this one's easier to cast than Chain Whirler is. So yeah, I remember watching you stream this deck. I was like really impressed with breaches. Like, breaches. Oh, so this card is just really good. Yeah, a friend of ours has a big uh, like a pirate commander deck that she's had forever and i just when i saw her i kept telling her like you i think breaches breaches <laughs> is the best breaches is the card that's the one you want like you want breaches yeah. breaches does put it. breaches in put breaches deck. in your deck it's so and i like how you like i'm not even sure you need that many other pirates because no. he triggers himself and he's just a three three first strike for three so at his base, when he attacks, you just make sure the only creature that is good at blocking him can't block, and then right. You're like, good. how hard is how hard is this guy to block? It's a three-three first strike that makes your best 
creature unable to block. Like you have to have two things that can block a you three need, creeper like, striker. In, in draft, you need like two, three, four spiders to block this. Yeah, thing. like that's basically right. what you're trying to do. And you're like, oh, and then sorry. they just don't attack. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, not like they're stymied, right? Yeah, and then they because you can never attack with one of those because you need them both back. Yeah. Also, if you're playing like spyglass siren or, or like oaken siren or anything that flies your opponent doesn't have more than two flyers most of the time that oh you can never block sorry like yeah it's just pretty sweet card it's such a sweet card i love it and it's we weren't in like the modern era of pirates is just never going to be viable and standard because they're not going to get any support (laughs) this would be a card you would see a lot more if we can squeeze some pirates out of like thunder junction like just there's like a there's a part of me that maybe like we could count some of the robbers of like this weird wild west thing as pirates like maybe but there's no like sea i don't think so man <laughs> desert pirate i don't know maybe we'll yeah. get one um anyway uh jeff give us your your best standard card and don't tell me don't tell me what it is just kidding i know exactly what it is just go ahead yeah i've already uh i've already even alluded to it as my just my favorite card in the whole yeah. set so this is uh empty Senesk Bill of the Sun. Uh, we already talked a lot about how I think this card is amazing. Um, so I think this card is fantastic, and uh, I think you're going to just be seeing a lot like more and more of it. as mm-hmm. Because it doesn't necessarily... like It's different than most of the stuff we've seen. Mm-hmm. So you have to play with or against it. You have to really get like trounced by it, where you're like, oh, that card kind of single-handedly won that game. And I think people have learned that lesson now, as you learned, because when I first started playing this deck, that card would go unkilled. Mm-hmm. Literally, people would kill my Blood Tithe Harvester before they'd kill that. So I'd just be like, okay, thanks for the free win. Now, mm-hmm. if Empty hits the board at any point, it is, it is dead. dead. <laughs> like... Thank God. I just want to say, thank God Empty is not white, blue, or black. Because... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If it was able to go into like an Esper Legends build with connive stuff, that That'd be would be insane. Disgusting. <laughs> like so uh, <sighs> I would hate that so much. It's so... And I love that they did that so it's like here's a reason to play a different color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. And still play an aggro deck or whatever, <laughs> or a mid-range deck, right? Uh so great card. Um we're moving into explorer cards. So there are ones I could have picked. Um, but I did decide after all that like the card that actually for me defines Explorer, I know it could be uh, appraiser. It could be Quint. It could be like Amalia cards. We talked about already. Yeah. But honestly, the card that I'm, I was most happy that came from this set was the reprint of Cavern of Souls. Like, I was going to say the other option is Cavern, right? (laughs) Yeah. So this, I was just happy. This card is something we can play now and something in explorer and something in pioneer um this was huge we said it coming into it this was a you know uh no pass list for sure i have all my copies like yeah definitely worth having it's making waves and standard and and everywhere so so happy that we have it all around creature decks rejoice forever yeah so i felt bad about my pick just wondering it was slightly lame but I'm glad to hear you choose a land. So mm. uh, my pick was Restless Fence. <laughs> okay. The, re- the reason is um, red, black, midrange, 
or red black decks and explore mm-hmm. have access to excellent creature lands um i would say hive of the eye tyrant and den of the bugbear are mm-hmm. fantastic top tier but they but they both cost four to activate so they cost four plus having that land mm-hmm. and i've personally been adding one restless fence to my deck just to give you that option of a three mana activation which is much more powerful and like the looting or the ravaging mm-hmm. and the menace i think it's just been super relevant so i think this card has made a notable upgrade to the red black decks and uh honestly this is the card from the set that i play the most mm-hmm. i also thought about like amalia as well like i play against I amalia a lot yeah but like this is the card from this set that i play the most in explorer mm-hmm. is this one so. yeah and i'm not playing a ton of explorer but i am 100 playing some sort of like spirit bullshit deck and capture yeah. spells is the, the card i would want right. um i definitely agree actually with the the restless fence because menace on a creature land is so big because restless sense is very good the more i play with it i'm like this is just really really good it's it feels like you're cheating because it's so cheap yeah and creature lands aren't normally that cheap it only hits for two but the menace is huge like yeah huge and and you know if you're playing inti and putting counters on it exactly it's for more than two exactly and and not just that but like just remember the reason like i think menace in general hive the eye tyrant and vents are so good the menace because usually creature lands are their strongest after a board wipe and then your opponent yeah. plays a blocker now you get around the blocker and it doesn't matter so honestly the more i play with menace the closer and closer it feels to unblockable to me yeah. it's just every game i'm just like oh it has menace whatever bang mm-hmm. like stalactite stalkers the six six sucks to be you yeah go like, yeah. Uh, Actually, I never remember if it's stalactite or stalagmite, but I think it's stalactite. It's stalactite. It's still definitely stalactite. Um, all right, we're going to Timeless. So this is the one I just jumped, shot into yes, your, I, your world I, right now. I have nothing here. I, I gotta like, totally scroll fine. through Scryfall, man. <laughs> the only card that has pierced Timeless, and I was so surprised to see, and I remember clocking it a couple times when I was playing a bunch of Timeless, was this card's being played in Timeless? This is right. from the last set. Like, are you serious? Yeah, We're playing is... this card? And it's another land. I'm talking about Sunken Citadel. This was oh, a yeah. cave. That's a good point. Yeah. This is a I've cave that. that I 100% wrote off at the beginning of the set, being like, this is worthless. Don't take this. Please. I, I was telling everyone, shouting it. Don't take this land. It's not worth playing. It's terrible. And now it's being played in the most expensive or not that can be debated we've we've had the discussion but yeah, like yeah the biggest most powerful format that we have on arena is sunken citadel it's a tapped land that's crazy but the fact that they're they're playing this in like amulet titan decks we don't have amulet but it's that that field right. titan, playing yeah. titan decks um because it taps for it's a single card that taps for two mana of your choice if you're doing like land sources so they're using this with like castle garen break garen break that's the that's the green one right um yep and so you can the one like, i always forget about and i'm like oh um, they can't cast titan next turn and they're um, like titan titan oh, yeah. oh forget about that they can do it forget because they card. can activate that um so sunken citadel is a huge reason why they can do that and this card is everywhere and like i 100 wrote this off as like 
this is just a shitty land that can activate creature lands yeah. better. Yeah. Like it just right. it just seemed so bad. And it's like what are you you're playing your like turtle plus sunken citadel things like so your thing, creature lands ugh. are cheap. Like that know. sounded terrible. Um but no, this card actually has made its rounds and it taps for whatever color you're missing. It's tapped, but you fix your mana. So yep. it ends up being really important in those like multicolor Titan decks. Yeah. So I've scrolled through the list and mm-hmm. the only card from this set that I I don't think I've played any of these lands, Timeless. Personally, the only card that I have actually played is uh, Molten Collapse. I've played Molten Collapse in my Rakdos Timeless deck, timeless in and out, kind of one copy here and there. Um, I have 100% seen it, too. It's really good at cleaning up Oko. So Oko mm. comes down, makes a food token, you Molten Collapse, you kill the Oko and the food token. And the food token. Ooh, just yeah. wipe... Oh, the Oko Wiper. I like that. Yeah. Um, Two minutes. Now, Oko is sort of like, I think, a little less in vogue than it was at the start of the format. So I I don't know if this would be in my deck or sideboard now. But Mm -hmm. uh, I liked it. I was like, uh, all right, this cleans up Oko for less mana than Oko cost. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's always nice. And then it has utility everywhere else. Like, it just kills creatures and stuff. Yeah. Also, it's like the best colors for. uh, Yeah. One of the best, yeah. like two of the Rakdos is very strong in that format. Um, is what I'm trying to say. You could have just like you could replace that with any format. Rakdos okay. really taking off, man. Rakdos is it just did. good in every format. Though. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so years ago, Jeff used to play Golgari, and uh, yeah. now he's decided that he wants to jump to Rakdos when it's popular, of course. <laughs> like classic. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like five years ago that I made the switch. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like right when we started the podcast, which is yeah, yeah. Anyway, long time ago. Long time ago. I saw the writing on the wall, man. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, Rakdos is where you want to be in the new the new era of magic. It's true. Um, all right, Jeff. So this is our this is honestly, we talked about favorite cards, favorite everything. Um yeah. we've, we've honestly danced around the set a little bit as far as like <laughs> how great it is. We're um, talking about almost every card in this set. <laughs> but favorite art. Oh, now, this one's tough. This can this also This one's be, always the hardest one. This one's really tough because yeah. Wizards makes it really difficult when there's a bunch of different like art variants and borderless cards. Borderless cards are not the same as extended art cards, which are right. also not the same as like alternate art cards, which are also not the same as whatever. It's very confusing. I have something simple. I want to cut through all of it. This is a card you've seen <laughs> Often. That's the bullshit. It's not going to be something you've never heard of before. Or you're just like, this is random. But honestly, of all the cards, I think that the best one that like articulates what I want and by an artist I really respect is Restless Prairie. So this is the white green creature land that looks like a llama because it is a llama. Yeah. I think that's amazing. That's all, awesome. Honestly, all the restless lands look great. Anchorage being like a bird, the vents looking like an insect, like all that is so, like that's so good. Like we haven't had amazing creature lands like this. Like there's been Zendikar E ones, but the fact that they were able to make a plot of land look like a llama to represent a llama is so 
great. And I want to just give huge props to Randy Gallegos, who did this card. And yep. to the point where, like, the alternate art of the card, I think, is cheaper than the act, like the regular art. Because everyone oh, damn, wants, that's unusual. <laughs> everybody wants the Llama Land. Nobody wants the other one. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is huge. Now, don't quote me on that price. It used to be like that. It might be different now. But I also just want to say Randy Gallegos, I, I've met him at a convention before, and he signed my oh, Soul cool. Warden because he is the artist of Soul Warden. What? And, okay. Yeah. We're going old school. Love it. So he is a, he's been around for a really long time. I think Soul Warden was an Exodus or something like that. So yeah. um, this dude, super solid. Um, and if you've been a magic artist for a really long time, there's a lot of reasons artists have come and gone for different reasons but this guy's awesome great work i i love it restless prairie uh you're you're this this uh set so oh that's so interesting because i was actually going to choose restless anchorage because i just thought it was so perfect the way that it looks like a bird you know (laughs) and i'm not even sure i noticed that it looks like a llama until you just said that. Are you serious? Really? Well, I, I don't play against the card, right? Like, oh, sure. Because so no one plays I it. I saw it like one time when it was previewed or whatever. And now that you're saying that, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It is a plot of land that looks like a llama. That's amazing. Like, but I play against Restless Anchorage all the time. And I'm like, I think mm-hmm. this is so cool that it's like this island thing that's like a bird. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like it's flying as well because it has because like the... the uh, because like okay this is what was cool so it it looks like it is moving because ships are moving ships away are, from it exactly the ships are going out of port and mm-hmm. they're leaving this uh wake or Which whatever makes you call it, it behind yeah. them and it looks like the bird is flying i was like that's awesome when i noticed that when it was actually the first time i noticed that is when i was dying to this card i was literally <laughs> dead on board and this card was attacking me and i like highlighted i'm like mm-hmm. oh damn that's pretty cool though <laughs> it's so cool. if there's a card i had to lose to i'm glad it was this one <laughs> it's awesome it's yeah it's so cool this is also an artist i haven't heard of before leon tucker yeah when um, you mentioned called out the artist i like looked up i was like oh i don't recognize this name but oh but he's fairly new um leon has done a lot of work on um commander like, products and stuff no basically the the cards that they're all artifacts it was like brothers war oh, stuff okay. so um cityscape leveler clay champion uh mishra's foundry oh, i like i like a lot of these arts okay mm-hmm. yeah so those cards, sounds very talented yeah and then a, a couple ones from um the actual uh march of the machine but yeah, uh, definitely somebody to keep your keep your finger on. Leon Tucker, uh, an artist that is up and coming in Magic's uh, history. So really cool. Wow, we got an old artist. We got a new artist. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I think that, you know, honestly, that's something that we don't talk about enough is the art on the cards. And if you take a Magic survey, they will ask you how important the art style is for you. Like what you think and i always hit like most important because yeah this game you know there are a bunch of artists that meant a lot to me maybe i didn't know their names but i knew their work and they drew me into the game and so Same. 
there's there's specific cards that I will, I will always look at and be like, man, this is the card that made me think like this game is cool. You know, exactly. I want to be a part of this community because this card looks awesome. And it's always the artwork. I'm never going to talk about the person who invented the border. To be fair, I don't know that person, but I think that the art is huge for the game. So always want to give a props yeah. to the artists and say that, you know, this is me personally. There's a lot of things about AI art going around. I know Watsi has been getting a lot of heat from AI, AI. stuff in general, but um, they will sort things out, I believe. And I do know that the heart of everything, you know, Mark Rosewater and all the people that really make wizards and magic care a lot about artists and want them to do well and prosper and be part of the game. Right. I don't ever think we're going to be in a place where ai is making every single card that we play because that's the day magic could die you know it's very possible yeah i mean like this this is a math game right it's mm -hmm. you attack you block you deal damage yeah. and it's and there's a reason it's as popular as it is <laughs> given that it's numbers um and it's same thing that drew me in was the art and it's the same reason i look at old border cards and i'm like that looks so much better like the mm -hmm. old border to me really gave off that dark fantasy vibe that uh, a lot of the art contributes to now so i think the art is hugely important like when i see a card i'm not reading it every time i'm not mm -hmm. looking at the name of the card and saying oh oh like uh you know tishana's tide binder I know what that card does. No, I just see the art and I'm like, immediately I know exactly what this card does. So um, the art is phenomenally important. And I think uh, it's in Wizards best interest to continue to use excellent artists. Mm -hmm. And um, I've, and it, it would blow my mind if they didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> if they if they just started so showing up with like generic GPT art. Mm -hmm. That would be crazy, and someone from Hasbro would have been forcing that decision down their throats because yes. yeah, I don't... it's cheaper or whatever. But like, no, it's it's like the it's the the heart and soul of the game, and mm -hmm. like the game is amazing, but it wouldn't be popular if it wasn't shrouded in this like somewhat dark fantasy. Yeah, um, like. like Richard Garfield do this by like play test cards all have at least some sort of image, even if it looks kind of like clipardy. You need right. a a picture to understand what the card is, like you were saying. We don't read the card every time we see it. And um I I know there's a lot of worry about the future because there are some things very recently coming out that we didn't talk about, but um Yeah. I don't think this is a cause for worry. I think we can hold steady and I don't believe that Wizards is going to just implode with AI art. Like we're just, I don't think we're getting magic cards with AI art. It would like, just be a really bad decision for them. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like it doesn't AI, make any sense. AI art currently sucks. Man. Like, mm -hmm. It does. It's suck. impressive that AI can do that, but it's not impressive it's not... by human standard, by like a mm -hmm. professional human artist standard. Yeah, and I would hope that Wizards as a company would not, if it ever gets to a caliber where it would could quote unquote replace people, would they do yeah. that? I would I would really hope that they won't. Um, 
yeah. I don't believe that's a worry. Um, but I do think it's worth calling out and worth talking about. So yeah, it's not a tangent I want to go on right now, but people wildly overestimate current AI. It's all I'll say is it's basically a um, it's a really fancy compression algorithm. Mm -hmm. So you look at GPT, you know how a JPEG is like a way to take an image and compress it so it doesn't take up that much memory? That's what GPT is. It is a very efficient compression algorithm. It's just taken, you mm. know, billions of documents and compressed it, but it doesn't actually think or learn or do anything. It just yeah. has taken a whole bunch of Stuff. human interactions and compressed it into however many billions of parameters that it, it, it take. It took a bunch of information and it compressed it into a few billion numbers. That's what GPT is. It's, it's not intelligence. Mm -hmm. So yes. Anyway, with that little bit of a seemingly downer, but not really, um, <laughs> Jeff, let's go. No, that's into... a good thing. We're not getting overrun by robots. Anytime. That's true. That's true. Um, only in chess will we get run over by robots. Yeah, well, they're, uh, they've been kicking our ass for years. So. Yeah, yeah. Thank God we still have <laughs> poker on our side for the magician. That's right. Um, and magic. I mean, yeah. And, computers uh, can't yeah. beat us at magic yet. That's true, because you have to have a soul to That's right. use magic. I don't really it's know. because of the art. Yeah. The computers totally. don't get it. Yeah, they can't understand art. Um, all the fingers and the teeth are like fucked up. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's i think we've like we've kind of done our our due diligence with like lost caverns of ixalan yeah we talked about all the cards we we love cards that will be seen for a while and uh as a great set we didn't even get into the a lot of the things that could be unraveled with yeah. the set. so this just, was quite a set it was quite a set do yourself a favor Every time you're finishing a set, just go to Scryfall, type in Lost Caverns of Ixalan or whatever the set is, and just take a minute to look at all the cards again. And just be like, yeah. ah, I want to say I have so many emotional reactions to seeing these cards in draft or in, in different formats or whatever. I just want to fully let it go while we get to previews for the next one. And I fully get into that because um, it is cathartic and it's really helpful. It helps me. I didn't do it before we did the podcast and I've really enjoyed it since we've done that. So. Yeah. Anyway, to use the sports metaphor, I'd say this set was a grand slam dunk from Wizards. Grand slam dunk. All right, so yeah. we're not even <laughs> we're not even <laughs> using home run slam dunk anymore. What is yeah. happening? <laughs> um, Jeff, let's go to last call. All right, we are talking about a beer that we had this evening. It is called Each Beast a God. Uh, we rate these beers on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. Uh, however, this has nothing to do with what tier you are in currently. Everybody's in different tiers at different times. Tiers mean a lot of different things nowadays. Uh, they are not indicative of how good you are at magic or how smart you are as a player. But uh, don't feel bad when you say that bronze beers are trash. They're, they're awful beers. Uh, you can't drink them. You have to spit them out. You have to pour them down the drain. Like you, you dump out the rest of the six pack. Silver beers are bad or just kind of boring. Like uh, you know, Budweiser, mm -hmm. classic silver. Uh, gold beers are fine, but you wouldn't really drink them again. They're just like meh. Yeah, 
platinum are these are solid you would drink these again uh diamond beers are exceptional you like these a lot and you would recommend these to your friends and mythic these are the best of the best these are the uh inti seneschal of the sun <laughs> of the beer world fantastic um jeff we had this double coffee stout yes what did you think of having this this beer from a brewery? I know we have I, ideas about this brewery coming into this. Yes. So I'm really interested to think, like to find out what you think. Because last time we rated a beer from this brewery, we were very opposite. Like we were as yeah. almost as far apart as we could be. Yeah, and that's why I was excited to just try like, I mean, not the not that a double coffee stout is super normal, but like mm -hmm. it's it's within the realm of a, of a beer that yes. a normal beer you could find at most places. <laughs> so I did a few. This beer had me on some ups and downs. I will say at first, I hated it. <laughs> I took a sip and I was like, "How dare you? This is offensive." But then I started to realize that part of that comes from recently my favorite beer in the whole world become became readily available in uh, ontario and uh it is a similarly sized stout like eight to nine percent stout um and is pushing sort of similar flavors and to me this is quite a bit worse than that and i've been having that on and off just because it's available now so i'm like let's buy mm -hmm. 10 of these it's not a beer you drink 10 of in a particularly short period of time then i was like okay let's stop comparing it to piche mortel and just like try to see it for its own thing and i kind of landed on like it's okay um yeah to me this is somewhere between gold and platinum it's gold if like it's platinum if I'm trying to remove my bias from there's a similar beer that is much better that I've been drinking a lot of lately. Mm -hmm. And it's gold if I'm just like, this was my reaction to the beer. Um, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel balanced. Well, like I think the bitterness isn't balanced by the alcohol, which is what's supposed to happen in these big beers. Mm -hmm. I think both of them are kind of hitting me in a uh a way that i don't love um i get the coffee i guess that's nice like when mm -hmm. someone says it's a coffee stout i taste coffee in this and the it's a good coffee flavor too so that's yeah. that'd be the the selling point i suppose is like if you're selling this as a coffee stout i get coffee and it's not like a sometimes you get coffee and you're like whoa that that tastes like you know burnt tim horton's coffee yeah no this tastes like good coffee mm -hmm. um, i just i guess that's the way i would sum it up the balance doesn't seem right to me it doesn't seem I, like all those things are meshed meshing. well i can see that i started with this beer at diamond in my mind because i i, I do like third moon i enjoy this stuff yeah. um but i do I agree think I, I think Sorry. i generally don't and you generally do is that i right? think that's yeah. that's probably how it goes um, but I do want to say that this stout felt, the body felt like it was kind of missing a little bit. 
it, there was a yeah. weird high note and a low note that I don't really know. I think it's kind of attributed to what you're saying with like the alcohol and the bitterness, just kind of like not really meshing right. super well. And there was like this weird midi medium that we were missing. And it, it felt like it did slide down to a high platinum to me. Um, yeah. Where if we went to third moon, I probably wouldn't pick this one out of all the beers that you could try. This For is sure. not something I'd be like, hey, that one's really worth trying. I'd be like, yeah, I've had it. Um, I would drink this again. If, if I had another in my fridge, I'd probably crack it right now, to be honest. But I don't... It's not the the great stout I was hoping for. I was hoping for a big body, like full, creamy, silky, like bitter yeah. stout. And I, just I think don't that's part of it. It's it. usually when a brewery makes something like this, like an eight and a half percent double mm -hmm. coffee stout. It's usually really good because yeah, they it's like big and like put the work in. I'm not like, why would I release this unless it's mm -hmm. like it just perfect. feels like not just that, but it feels like it's full, and it feels like I'm. It almost feels like a meal, you know, and this yeah. didn't have like the mealy, big, punchy. It like was very flavorful. Like, I'm not saying definitely. it didn't have flavor. Yeah. It just was some of the, I don't know if it's like the sugar content we were missing or like there's something about the body that just felt like it was almost a little thinner than I was hoping. So, um, yeah, I think your, your call out of the body being insufficient mm -hmm. is that makes sense to me because that's part of what contributes to that whole balance as well it's just like it just doesn't it doesn't yeah. feel right and i think that makes sense yeah, yeah it, 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 they even called it each beast a god you know and you right. feel like it just gives you a sense of visceral like strength and the fact that right. it felt almost like a little like you know there's a little yeah, bit of like a little a, thin yeah, it wasn't like a big, like this, the bump or the speed bump that you're going over on your car, which is like, meh. and you're like, oh, that yeah. was all? Okay, that's not very much. <laughs> oh, like, I slowed down for that. Yeah, I was like prepared for this big bump and it just didn't right. do anything. It's like, so it just didn't. To be fair, I didn't serve it at 14 degrees Celsius. This is quite a bit colder than that. That's, that's, what, that's what it suggests true. you should uh, drink it at. <laughs> I feel like that's just. Okay, third moon. Sure. How am I gonna get it to fourteen? That's what that's like well below room temperature, but well above fridge temperature. How do you get that? And to be fair, we <laughs> this was out of the fridge for a good 10, 15 minutes before we drank it. So it's not even that's like true. we just pulled it straight out. So like Yeah. I don't know. Do you want me to stick it in my pants and like jump up and down? <laughs> or I don't know what you want. Like But not too much, because you'll get it above fourteen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, I'm going to stick with platinum with this. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with gold, but I think I do acknowledge that I've just had a, and it's not even just the one I called out. I've had a few pretty good, uh, like, similar vein stouts recently. I think yeah. that's obscuring my, where the, those are all, like, mythic in this one. For I've sure. Like, so, much, so much worse than those. Yeah, your barometer is also different than mine, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. Um, I'm glad it's not as far apart as our, our last one that I loved. <laughs> but anyway, um, we got to get a bronzed versus mythic. That one day that will not happen. If it would no, be anything, it, it would be possible. It would have to be a sour that you just like hate it. Yeah. And I just like vomit as soon as I drink it. <laughs> yeah, think it's some... the best thing ever. Yeah, there's <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that happening ever, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, it's time for closing time. So if you have a beer that you think would be bronze for Jeff, but mythic for me, you can always find us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. You may also find us on Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. We'll be roguing it up. Mm -hmm. And timeless. Uh, if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg. That's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. Also on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, I stream on Twitch. That's uh, regular underscore Zach on Twitch. It's a fun time coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also find me on our Discord channel. I go by regular Jeff there. Best place to find that is the show notes. That's right. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review there. Go to YouTube. Do all the things that you're supposed to do. Leave us comments. Um, it, honestly, like it just helps us out a lot uh, with SEO and all that kind of weird jargon. Just clicking buttons and doing stuff. It might not mean a lot for you, but it means a lot for us. So we really appreciate it. Um, but ultimately, telling your friends about the podcast, that is the best thing you could possibly do. Just share this with someone that you you like, one of your like commander players or anyone who plays arena with you. Um, that's huge. You know, we do where our friends tell us to do. So we, we really, uh, we really appreciate that. This has been the arena regulars. Reminding you that the new best card in every format is Inti, Seneschal of the Sun. <laughs> Good night. Dennis Shaw, is that how you're supposed to say it? <laughs> no. <sighs> All right, that's fine.